Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I wish I was with you this morning. Unfortunately, the Lord had other plans, but it is still my incredible privilege to be able to share with you the Word of God found in Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 26. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? This is the gospel of our Lord. This takes me back to high school football camp. When we would come back from the summer, probably in worse shape than we were supposed to be coming back to, to football camp, and so we were supposed to do all of these drills that increased our endurance. And as we were going through these drills, there was one that I think we all probably hated the most. It was called the State Fair. And it was where our coach would set up stations of endurance tests and he would have us go from station to station, run from station to station to carry out these different tests, whether it were, was the ropes, the bags, or this big, big hill that we had behind the football field. And I remember one specific day, one specific hot training camp day that we were called to do state fair and I partnered up with a, another guy that was in my class, one of my buddies, and we were supposed to go up and down that hill, but we were supposed to do it in different ways. First you might run, then you might run backwards, then you might crawl, you might bear crawl, you might leapfrog up and down the hill, and so you had to have this partner. And finally, finally, the last time we were supposed to go up that hill, our coach calls out, piggyback. And it's at that moment it became abundantly obvious to me that I had chosen a buddy of mine that happened to be about 100 pounds heavier than I was. Piggyback. And so that was what we were called to do. I was called to, to put this guy about 50% larger than me on my back and carry him up the hill. And I joyfully did it. I didn't do it well. But I ultimately knew this was the last time that I was going to have to do it. The coach was about to call an end to practice, and so I knew I really had to just exert myself one last time, take this guy up the hill, and, and it would be called a day. And so I was able to sort of do it. Because while it was unpleasant, it was only temporary. Today, Jesus is about to talk to us about our crosses and the cross that he is getting ready to take up in his life. These things that maybe you would rather not do, but you do for the one that you love, that you do for your Lord. He gets into it by, by talking to his disciples and he's sort of getting them ready. He knows what is waiting for him in Jerusalem. He knows that part of the plan of salvation is him dying suffering and rising again to new life in order to save the, the, the people that were around him and, and to save all of humanity. But the disciples didn't know that quite yet. 
And so throughout, throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus sort of getting his disciples ready, especially the closer and closer he gets to death. He's trying to get them ready, and we see that that's exactly what he's doing today. He is trying to encourage them. He's saying, this is the plan. I know it's not pleasant, but here it is. I am going to go to Jerusalem. I am going to suffer many things. I am going to die, but don't worry. I'm going to rise again. The plan was unpleasant. And no one was more ready to vocalize their displeasure with this unpleasant plan than, of course, Peter. And Peter pulls Jesus aside. He says, no, 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 no. This, this does not jive with what we signed up for here. You are our brother. You are our friend. We are never going to sit idly by and watch you get killed. Lord Jesus, may this never, ever happen to you. Not really realizing that ultimately he's saying, Lord Jesus, may you never save humanity. You know, so, so Jesus pulls Peter aside. And he reiterates his plan. And he says, yeah, Peter, it's not always just going to be the, the, the cool moments, the feedings of the 5,000 or, or, or the healings. No, there, there are going to be some pretty heavy traumatic events that are coming in the life of the Savior, but they're going to be carried out for a purpose. But he does it in a very explosive way, doesn't he? Listen to what, what Jesus says to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Peter was concerned about Peter's concerns. And as it turned out, Peter's concerns didn't even sort of match up with God the Father's concerns or God the Son's concerns. But yet that is exactly what Peter wanted to impress upon Jesus. I want you to do the things that Peter want, wants you to do. And Jesus says that's not how this works. And therein lies the entire conversation about the cross. The cross has something to do with bending our will and the things that we want in our lives and bending that will to what God wants and what he wants for our lives. It's about self-denial. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Taking up your cross is about more than just being ready to die for Jesus. It's about more than just being ready to be embarrassed in a group of people who, who don't agree with your beliefs. Taking up your cross is something that happens every single day and it happens in the small moments of our day when we are called to do just what we were talking about. Bend the will that we have to the will of God. It's essentially saying, these are the things that I would rather not do. They are difficult for me, but I know God calls me to do them, so I am going to do them. Let's explore some of the crosses that we have in our lives. Maybe for the young people, they have a cross that, that, that just looks like wanting to fit in. They want to fit in so badly, but they realize that, that they have to do certain things that, that maybe they ought not to do to fit in. And so they're, they're wrestling with this cross. Do I do what God wants me to do or do I do what I want to do? 
Maybe their cross looks like doubting what their, their parents have to say to them about God and, and they're really just not sure about their faith. And, and so they, their heads get so confused and they think, you know what, maybe giving up this entire thing, maybe this is the best way to alleviate some of the pressure in my life. Let me put down this cross that is dealing with the doubts that we have about our faith and live a life without burden. Well, for, for maybe some of you adults, people that are in the, the middle of your lives, maybe your crosses look just a little bit different. Maybe, maybe it looks a little bit more like reordering the priorities. You have all of these things that are on your radar that you have to do. You have practices, you have school, you have work, you have time with your family in which you are finally relaxed and all of a sudden you look around and you realize you don't have any time in your day for yourself and you certainly don't have any time in your day for Jesus. And so you're dealing with this massive cross on your shoulders and you go, you know what? I know, Lord, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm having a really tough time finding the way to do it. Maybe that cross is found in, in, in being completely burnt out in your life. Doing all of those things that I was just talking about and then being asked to be a good father, a good mother, a, a good wife, a good husband, somebody that is, is loving and, and compassionate and, and service-driven, and then you look at your life and you go, I don't have the energy for that. I don't have the time for that. I don't have the ability for that. I don't have the gifts for that. God, I cannot do this anymore. And it might be a little easier to just leave the cross off to the side. Maybe if we've, we've been on this, this earth for, for a few more years than, than some, of, some of the rest of us, some of your crosses might be doubting those very promises that God gives to you. As he says to you, there is nothing that you can do to save yourself. You are saved by grace alone. And those doubts start to creep in and they tell you, no, you've got to do this, that, and the other thing. If you're not a good person, if you don't do all of the right things, you aren't right with God. God says, bear up those, those doubts, throw them in the garbage, and follow me. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're dealing with that, that cross that is feeling, feeling like you don't have a use in life anymore. Like for 40, 50, 60 years, you, you had uh, this defined use in your life where, where people depended on you and, and you felt like this rock and now all of a sudden you look around and you go, nobody, nobody depends on me anymore. And Jesus hands you this, this cross and says, don't, don't get down about it, don't let it crush you. Pick up that cross and joyfully follow me, even though it's a difficult cross to bear every day of your life. Yes, all of these crosses, Jesus says, pick up this cross and carry it along and, and don't be crushed by it. Don't, don't lay it on the ground. It is yours and it is yours alone. But it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to every single day want to take on these challenges and these troubles that, that come with the Christian faith, that come with a life of service to God and a life of service to others. And we go, you know what? I, I don't have it. And there it is. Crosses sometimes feel best when they're just left on the ground. When instead of, of dealing with those doubts, about God head on and, and, and crushing them with the word, we just say, you know what? Those doubts are there and they're always gonna be there. Sometimes it's easier to just fit in. Sometimes it's easier to just 
stack your priorities up the way that you want to for the day just to get through the day rather than thinking about those godly things rather than the worldly things. Yes, it is so easy for us to lay the crosses on the ground because those crosses so often just look too heavy. It looks too difficult. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus doesn't say that only the devout Christians do this. He doesn't say that the, this special tier of Christian is, is really who, who the crosses are for. He says, whoever, whoever wants to be his disciple. And so when we look at all of those crosses that so often we leave on the ground, I think we all are, are kind of forced to ask that question. Am I, really, am I really worthy of being Jesus' disciple? But then, then you go back and you understand exactly what his cross was. Instead of being so focused on our own cross and figuring out all of the ways that, that we can possibly try to, try to lift up that cross and, and carry it in our lives and, and trying to, to, to navigate and strategize so that we can actually pick up that cross and carry it by ourselves. Instead of doing that, our attention is turned back to the Savior who carried his cross first. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That right there is Jesus explaining his cross. And his cross is the concerns of God. And the concerns of God is you. See, Jesus could have just come into this world, lived a perfect life, looked around and said, you know what, the blessings that I have bestowed upon myself as God, I'm just going to hang on to those. But instead, Jesus does exactly what he's calling the disciples to do. He denied himself, took up a literal cross. Why? Because while we talked about how Peter's concerns were Peter's concerns and not God's concerns, Jesus' concerns are nothing short of God's concerns. And God's concern is you. The salvation of your soul, your eternal life, your relationship with him. And so Jesus picks up this cross. He is willing to suffer at the hands of people that have no right to make him suffer. He is willing to die so that he could make your relationship with God right. Because his concerns were not the worldly pleasures. They weren't the periphery things of this world. His concerns were you. And so he takes up you as his cross. He takes up your cross so that you would be able to take up all of the, the little crosses of life. He takes up your cross so that you can deal with those doubts. He takes up your cross so that when you feel all of these, these tiny little crosses of life fall upon your shoulders because life is getting chaotic, you can know that Jesus took up your cross first. And that those little crosses are nothing compared to the weight of the cross that he took on for you. And yes, when, when your cross is doubting your goodness before God, Jesus took up that cross so that you would never have to doubt again. So that whenever you doubted, am I enough? Am I worthy? Should I be allowed into heaven? 
we can boldly and with a smile on our face answer no no and absolutely not but because of jesus and his love and sacrifice for us because he was willing to bear up that oh so difficult cross for us all of those things forgiveness life and salvation all of those things are ours but he knows he knows that your crosses are difficult because his cross was difficult to see that, we, we look into the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus says to his father, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. The weight of your cross was astonishingly heavy as it weighed on the shoulders of the warrior. And he asked God, Lord, is there any other way, my father, is there any other way that we could accomplish salvation for mankind but listen to the words that Jesus ends his request with. You're not as I will, but as you will. Your Savior took up that massive cross and he said, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And now he asks you to have that same attitude as he comes before you and has some questions for you. In those moments of weakness, of doubt, he comes to you and he says, Brother, sister, will you push that doubt aside? Will you go back to the word and, and, and throw that doubt in the garbage? Will you do that for me? Will you reshuffle the, the, the chaotic priorities of your life and, and put me at the top and keep me there, even though it might be unpopular or difficult or painstaking, and, and take all of your, your mental and emotional bandwidth to, to put your life together and, and model it around me, with me as the center. Will you do that for me? Will you go to battle with sin, get knocked down, wipe yourself off and, and get back up and get back in the ring with sin? Will you do that for me? Will you bend your will to your heavenly Father and make the refrain of your life, thy will be done? Thy will be done. Will you do that for me? Will you love me? Will you obey me? Will you live a life that, that is completely possessed and obsessed with me? They're all crosses. And you look at all of those little crosses in life, all of those questions that Jesus asks, will you lose your life of selfishness and pick up your life of service to both God and your brothers and sisters. Will you do that for me? And you look at that, that request that God has. You look at all of those crosses and then you look at the cross that he bore for you. And by his grace, his strength, his help, his power, you nod your head and say, yes, God, with your grace and by your help, I will do that every day of my life. I will pick up all of these crosses that you have given to me because I know you are the one that has given them to me. I will take on all of the earthly struggles because you are the one that gives me these struggles and you do it for a purpose and for a reason that goes beyond my mind, that goes beyond my understanding. But I know, I know that all of these are there to keep me close to you. 
And then Jesus delivers his word and he delivers his sacraments so that we actually have the strength and the power to pick up those crosses and to follow him. Do you know why you come to church? And do you know why I, I take church attendance? It's, it's not just so that I can stand in the back on, on Monday morning and, and go through the, the roster and see who was all there. And, and maybe if there were a lot of people there, I can pat myself on the back and say, you are a great pastor, Pastor Crass. No, you come to church for a very different reason than just checking a box. You come to the church in part because it is here that you are able to share your crosses with others and others are able to share their crosses with you. And it's not just about talking about your crosses in the back, although that is a wonderful thing. Sometimes it is your very presence here that will cause somebody who is struggling under the greatest of crosses they've ever faced in their life, it will cause them to look around, see you, and go, I am not alone with my cross. That that person has a cross, and that person has a cross, and that person has a cross, that my pastor has a cross, and so I know that I am not struggling with this cross all by myself. And then he even gives us the opportunity to bear one another's crosses up with each other. But please know, brothers and sisters, your presence at the church service means something, not just to me, but to the brothers and sisters that sit around you, who can look at you and say, that person is not different than me. That is another Christian who has a cross on their back. I was able to give that, that big guy that I had on my back a piggyback ride up the hill a decent ways just because I knew that, that the end was near. I knew that waiting for me at the end of practice was, was a cold Gatorade, a, a cold shower, and, and a futon waiting in my dorm room. You have something way better than that waiting for you. As you look at the crosses that you pick up in your life, those things that Jesus says, will you do this for me? You look around at those and, and they might be difficult, but you go, that, that doesn't even sort of compare to the gift that is waiting for me because we bear up our cross just like Jesus in this life. But we know that in his resurrection, Jesus won a crown. You, brothers and sisters, you have a crown waiting for you. A crown of everlasting life. The crosses are temporary. The crown, that's eternal. Amen.